What's going on, y'all? Welcome back to another episode of the podcast. We've been all out for a minute. I've been working. Jose's still out here in Eugene. Chol been doing what he's been doing. But we finally back together. Coming with you another episode. We got NBA free agency coming up on this Thursday. So we know we got some banger stuff coming up to you guys. Uh, Kyrie opted into that player option, but that doesn't mean a trade still can't come. So we got some heated stuff going on. But I got to ask you, boys, how we doing? Solid. We are hot as fuck, but mm-hmm. yeah, we are here. And we, and, got here. and we all back together finally, bro, which is, yeah, which is been, dude, I don't even know. When was the last time we did a pod together? Shit. All of us. Way too much. Too, way too long. Way too long. But we, we get on. Man. All right. Well, we, we got to continue off where we left off. We talked about the Pistons, but draft night's already happened now. So we know a little bit more about these teams off seasons. So we're going to dig in to the Indiana Pacers. Six overall, there was like Benedict Matherin, shooting guard slash forward out of Arizona, uh, a guy that's going to be able to plug and play immediately and be uh, contributing to that team. But uh, we got to ask the first question, uh, one of the main guys on this roster, Miles Turner, uh, what his future looks like on this roster. I'll, I'll go around the circle. Carson, I'll start with you. What do you think it looks like for Miles Turner? Because they've been trying to trade this guy forever. He's like one of those dudes who remains in trade rumors his entire career. What do we think? Yeah, I think for that reason, he probably isn't going to be worth as much as, you know, the Pacers might want. Um, so I think, you know, now that, you know, Sabon- you know, Sabonis, you know, was gone, you know, after the trade deadline last year, I think you just let, let it play out, see how it, you know, plays with the guards, you know, the new guards. Um, and then, you know, see if, you know, honestly, I just want to maximize his trade value as much as possible, um, you know, get into the deadline because yeah, it's just, it, it's inevitable. I feel like with Turner and I think, uh, I think Turner will be a very valuable, uh, you know, asset for, you know, he might be like a, a missing piece for a, a team that's like a big man or maybe two away. Um, so maybe just, you know, just get the value up as, as much as you can and then see, you know, see what the market's looking like. Cause to me, it's like, you know, Jeremy Grant's only going for like a first rounder, you know, in, in a couple of years, it's like, you know, what do you, what are you really going to get for Turner? So, you know, just uh, to me, it's really just hope, hope for the best. Um, and I, I mean, I guess, you know, he might, he might fit with the guards. He could go long-term, but it, it seems like he doesn't really fit the timeline because I feel like the Pacers should just, you know, go all in on the rebuild and, you know, with their young guards. Yeah. You read my mind, Carson. I was literally just about to ask Jose, like if Jeremy Grant went for a first, what do you think Turner goes for? I guess I'll ask you, Jose, what are some teams you think could be good suitors for him? I think it'd be weird that the Kings got him because they could use a guy like that down low to play defense. But uh, what are some yeah. teams that come to mind you think they could really use Miles Turner? Yeah. I mean, he's a guy who I think you can kind of plug and play on most teams. It just depends on how big of a role you want to give him. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously he's not a plus uh, offensively, but defensively, I mean, he's up there. And I mean, we just saw this year, you know, one of the biggest things that the Warriors were missing was a real big man down low that they can rely on. So, I mean, maybe the Warriors give him a call. They've got a lot of pieces. That would be absolutely disgusting. But um, I agree. I think the Pacers should buy in 100% to this youth movement. Another guy who doesn't really fit there is Malcolm Brogdon. Um, yeah. You know, doesn't really fit the timeline, turning 30 soon. You know, they've got Tyrese. Now they've got Matherin. Obviously, Buddy's there, Chris uh, Chris Duarte. So, it's a nice youth movement here for my uh, my Indiana Pacers, who are my honorary team. Yeah. Halliburton got traded there. Exactly. So. Well, you talked about Brogdon, and that's one of the trades that I drafted up for this podcast. Um, I'll actually flash it on the screen real briefly. 
Uh, I'm thinking the Rockets are a team that we talked about that could really use a true point guard. And I think Brogdon's got that kind of skill. So I'll flash it here on the screen. And I'm going to have Griffin uh, give me his opinion on it. So I think Eric Gordon's a guy that's been destined to get his way out of Houston. I don't know if he, uh, Pacers will be his stop. I expect like a contract buyout in this situation. But I think Jay Sean Tate is a good four slash three that can be a good stretch for them out there. You can throw in a first round pick from Milwaukee, not something valuable, probably be in the late 20s for a guy in Brighton who can instantly go in there and, you know, maybe lead to a, a Kevin Porter Jr. getting pushed out or just be a really solid guy that can put some minutes in for you. Griffin, I want to know your thoughts on this. Yeah, I love pro straight. Yeah, I think Malcolm Brogdon going to the Rockets is a good move. They need a ball handler who can, you know, dish the ball out to these guys who need uh, maybe an assist or need, need to get passed to. Uh, but for the Pacers Hall, like, I don't love it just because Jay Sean Tate, you want him at the four is what you said, but he's six, four. Right. Mm -hmm. And he's just going to be small down there. But like, I think even if this trade happened, like I think them just getting a first would like contribute to them just starting the rebuild process. Cause I think they need to just get off these veterans and start the Victor Webb and Yama sweepstakes. Exactly. Guys, you got anything else to say to this? I feel like, you know, Give me a guy like Brogdon, who also is a really good defender, you know, be able to neutralize Jalen Green's ability not be, you know, he's not a great defender so far. What do you guys think? Um, yeah, I think, um, well, before I get into that real quick, I just want to say I think Brogdon would just be perfect on the Celtics. I, I think we talked about that in the last spot or, or one of the last spots we did. I think that would just be like a match made in heaven. Um but uh, Brogdon, yeah, I think he, it'd be awesome to just have him literally just for like a year or two just to kind of like just teach, you know, uh, Jalen Green the ropes. Kind of like how, uh, you know, kind of like what like Rubio was doing a little bit with Darius Garland this year before he, uh, before he got injured. Um, but I like it. I just, to me, I, I do want to see Gordon and Brogdon, you know, both on, um, you know, both on like winning teams. I think they can both contribute and really be nice pieces on you know, um, playoff teams, but if they are going to be traded for each other, I think both would have, um, a lot of value on, on two teams that are rebuilding for sure. Yeah. Jose, any thoughts, Ad? Uh, I think you guys, uh, pretty much nailed it on the head. Yeah. It's just, you know, you want to open up minutes for Halliburton. You want him to be that guy. And especially, you know, sure. The Celtics would be a great team. It's just hard to find cap space when the guy's making 22 million. And we know this day and age, yeah, easy to yeah. get over, but, um, yeah. We'll move on. Another question we want to talk about. Um, well, yeah, so we talked about the uh, what's this guard rotation looking like? Because in terms of guys that can really play the guard position, they got Buddy Heald, Duarte, Matherin, Brogdon, you know, let's say he might be traded. You still got Halliburton and McConnell. Uh, what are some guys that, like, don't seem to kind of fit that timeline? Carson, I'll start with you just going back around the circle. Uh, what do you think? Uh, I think I think we're all on board with the you know the full rebuild you know the going all in for Victor and I feel like all three you know Heal Brogdon McConnell I feel like all three of them don't fit that but I think it would be nice to just have one of them just because you you do want a veteran presence in there you know you don't want to do like the process where you just you know let the young guys kind of run amok you, you definitely do want someone in there you know helping them out with the vet stuff um, so. You know, maybe just, I think just one of them, um, you know, McConnell, I feel like he's just going to be, I feel like he's just a pacer for life. So maybe him, but def definitely, you know, you want to limit the, you know, maybe the amount of bets. I think maybe just one of those three for sure. I think, I think you want to give, 
you know, Matherin, Halliburton, uh, you know, Duarte. I think you just want to hand the keys over to those three and, and, you know, maybe get like a, you know, kind of a nasty, like three guard lineup, a young three guard lineup um, mm-hmm. with those guys. Yeah. Jose, what, I mean, Buddy Hield, former King, he probably seemed like he would be on the way out. Let's say, cause you know, McConnell doesn't really give you a lot of trade value. You know, you're, you're getting right. like protected second for TJ McConnell. Not like he's a bad player, but that's kind of where like the NBA stands. Uh, like, so what? Let's say Heald and Brogdon are out. Like, what? What do you? Yeah, think? I think, I think a lock. Halliburton's a lock. Matherin's a lock, and Duarte is a lock. After that, I think Buddy. They probably would not be opposed to trading him, but I think ideally you might want to keep him just because he is, you know, pretty valuable and can give you some good minutes. Uh, Brogdon. It's between Brogdon and Heald for who has the most trade value. Mm-hmm. So I, I would just, you know, kind of maybe assess that and then see what you can make from there. But I think those the three young guys are definitely a lock. And I don't I don't know. I mean, Heald, they're obviously different types of players. Like Heald more of a shooter, Brogdon more of a primary ball handler. But mm-hmm. it just I think Heald what- would play well off them, though, just because of his shooting for sure. I mean, you know, you know right. Riley, all those guys driving and kicking. Yeah, he would play well off them, but yeah, I don't know. No, yeah, a team's de- contending is definitely going to want a guy like Keel. Like he's a guy you want in your roster. Mm-hmm. You can like get like a contract dump in there, like like a Danilo Gallinari on the Atlanta Hawks, who we'll get into later for a later trade. I got, but um, just uh, last thing we want to talk about. They got an interesting group of big men out there uh, for the Pacers. Griffin, I know you're a huge fan of former son Jalen Smith, former lottery pick from Maryland. Uh, they got Isaiah Jackson from Kentucky, who showed a lot of good signs as the shot blocker this year. And uh, the guy who infamously known for being the guy with no reporters at his uh, draft uh, press post draft press conference with Goga Badatse uh, after Zion Williamson was flooding the room. Griffin, I want to ask you, uh, what is this big man rotation like? See, you know, we got Miles Turner, Goga Badice, uh, Jalen Smith, and uh, Isaiah Jackson. Which one of those guys seem like they're on their way out? Uh, Jalen Smith definitely is on his way out just because the Suns didn't pick up his option. So mm-hmm. he's just an unrestricted free agent. So any team, the highest bidder wins there. I think also Miles Turner, I think it would be wise for them to move off of him just because of the value that he has and this team – like the core that they've been drafting recently, mm-hmm. I think you just want to start that rebuild. And kind of going back to the last question, I think moving off of both Buddy Hield and Malcolm Brogdon, just getting more assets for both of them, you can kind of dangle these players who contending teams will want to play with or want to play with um, just because of their value that they might add off the bench or like even starting on some teams like mm-hmm. who want to make the playoffs. So yeah, I I think their big man rotation is pretty poor right now, but. Yeah. Uh, yeah, if you get it off of Jalen Smith, and uh, I don't see him st- sticking around, but I, I do know I did after the uh, the trade happened, I browsed the Pacers subreddit and they did seem to like him, so I don't know, maybe they keep him, but I think, I think minus Miles Turner, I think, the, I think, I think we can all agree this big man rotation yeah. is a little thin though, compared to what it was when they had, Turner yeah, and yeah, yeah, um. I don't want to, unless you guys want to hang on the Pacers, I feel like we can move on talking about one of the teams that pulled off the biggest surprises in this draft with me was Portland taking, uh, J, I mean, uh, Shaden Sharp out of Kentucky. Uh, kind of an interesting pick. 
he's kind of in the same mold as Anthony Simons, as in we didn't know exactly what we were getting with him coming out of there. Now it's funny enough that those two guys are playing on the same team. Um, one of the first things we I got to ask is when it comes to this guard rotation, it's going to be Dame playing with one or two of we're playing with either Sharp or Simmons. I don't see either of them being able to conflict together on the court. I don't think you put three of them out there. It seems like it's way too problematic, especially when you have Grant, you got Josh Hart, and you got Nurkic to be out there in the court. Carson, I got to ask you, as your Portland's developmental staff, you're their coach. Who are you prioritizing in this rotation? Are you giving Sharp or are you giving Anthony Simons more of the looks? Oh, Simons for sure. I, I think just because, you know, he's already, he's been out there. He's he's proven it. You know, I mean, last year was, you know, a huge, a huge boss up for, for Simons. Um, and I think definitely prioritize him just because of how strong, uh, you know, he played last year. And, uh, you know, just let Sharp, uh, you know, kind of, you know, figure it out, you know, coming off the bench, whatnot. I, I, I do agree, though. I, I was really surprised at this pick because, yeah, he just seems like kind of like a Simons 2.0. And I know Portland, you know, Dame in Portland, they've really been emphasizing, like, they, they want to win now. Like, they don't want to go into a rebuild. And Sharp's, like, kind of like the opposite kind of guy for something like that. You know, he was, like, you know, build, like, a, a massive project, like, high upside. You know, probably wasn't going to contribute right away. So, yeah, that was definitely really, really surprising. And someone, you know, we'll get to in a, a sec. Like, I feel like Dyson Daniels was kind of, like, was, like, right there for him. I feel like he would have kind of fit in, like, perfectly, you know, for this team. He's the kind of guy, like, you can plug and play right away, help them win now. But, you know, off topic. Anyways, definitely Simon, just because just because we've seen it from him, you know, and Sharp, you know, let him, you know, give him, you know, low pressure minutes, uh, you know, coming off the bench and let him, you know, develop slowly. Yeah. And Jose, I got to ask, because I know you got a lot of Portland fans around you. You've been hearing any talk about this Shaden Sharp from them. What are they thinking? And the whole Simon situation just continuing on, what do you think? Yeah, I, I hear a lot of talks about like, oh, we got we got Jeremy Grant. We didn't even give up our first round pick. Now we can draft a guy. And we're going to be, you know, we're going to be good. Like, this is going to be it. We'll be fine after this. But I think the fact that they didn't give up this year's first round pick and we're still able to get Jeremy Grant was like, that was your sign to go and trade that pick if you really want to win now. Because now, like Carson said, going and drafting a project guy like Shaden Sharp, when you're trying to win now, he is pretty much a non-factor this year unless he comes out and is has like a Tyler Hero type rookie season. Mm -hmm. Like if he doesn't do that, he's a non-factor. And that first round pick this year was a waste, at least in terms of what you want to do this this coming year. But I think their roster is pretty pretty geared towards, you know, they could they could transition to a rebuild pretty easily, mm -hmm. I think. Yeah. Griffin, anything to add on the Shaden Sharp? I know we were talking about yeah, it today. No, I just think, yeah, he's definitely a project. He's definitely probably going to spend a lot of time in the G League. Uh, and I think Anthony Simons, we've seen from this past year, he can, he can ball. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I don't – not much to add there. Yeah. Um, so, I'll start back with you. Um, like we are saying, they want to be a contender, Griffin. So, what are some more moves you think they can do to keep moving towards this contender status? Because this team is – a fifth seed at best in the Western Conference right now, in my opinion. Yeah, I think this, maybe even the Jaden Sharp uh, pick might even give some insight because he's a player with such potential that you could maybe dangle him as a trade asset to maybe acquire someone that uh, that could help this team win now. I know uh, Dame has an idea about getting Kevin Durant there. I don't know if they have the asset, <laughs> yeah. but 
Uh, Wait, can we talk about that for a sec? And like, that was so funny that that came from like Dame's official Instagram. That, like that's something like a Stan account would post. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, that it's was just hilarious to me. That would be cool yeah. though. I mean, I hey, shout out Greg Oden though. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Well, what, what were you saying, though, with the Shane Sharp trade? I, yeah, he could just be dangled for trade assets just because, like, his potential is there, but his ability to add to, like, a roster that wants to win now is just so little. What do they need, though? Like, I'm, I guess they could improve over Josh Hart. But like, yeah, I, they, I think they just need better wings. Like, I don't – that's easy to say, but, mm-hmm. like, I don't know. They needed better wings. Like – it's just can I don't know. In Nurkic, I don't know. Is he your like long-term answer at center? I don't know. It's just confusing. I think um maybe they could be like a team. Actually, I don't know. I, I, now that I was thinking like thinking uh, out loud, I was gonna say DeAndre Ayton at center if they could do a sign and trade with, with Nurkic. Nurkic. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I don't know. What do you guys think? Carson, Jose? Just a lot of question marks. I agree. It's confusing. Um and I do not see a way that they can win now with what they've got now or any moves that they could easily just make. Mm-hmm. Yeah, same. I, I think that the Blazers are just – they're just in such a weird, confusing spot. And it just seems like, you know, like a few, like a couple of years ago, it's, you know, they had a solid team, whatever. They had, you know, they should – I feel like they just should have really just gone on the full rebuild a couple of years ago. But now they're just stuck in kind of like this no man's land. It's just really confusing. And I don't really know, like, I don't really know what else they can do to – just because, the, you know, the teams above them, you know, what moves are they really going to make to compete with, like, the Nuggets, the Clippers, the Warriors? Like, I just don't really see that. Like, and, you know, who is, who's out there for them to, you know, get – it, it's just weird, man. The Blazers are weird. I mean, maybe maybe Phil Knight can come in and figure it out with you know his billions of dollars, but uh, they're just weird. Exactly. Weird. Yeah. I mean, um, just going forward, uh, we talked about Driffin mentioned Yusuf Nurkic. Uh, he is a restricted. Not he's restricted. I think he's unrestricted free agent this summer. Uh, going into this week, um, what is he worth to you? In the last three seasons, he hasn't played more than fifty-six games in a season. Uh, he's not been a particularly healthy player. Uh, Carson, I'll start off with you. What are you giving this guy? Like what? Like eight million dollars? Like like what's his true value to you? Because if he was healthy, you could probably give him twenty million. But it doesn't seem like it's like that now. Yeah, for sure. I mean, when he's on, yeah, he's probably like you know fifteen twenty million dollar center. But yeah, he's just one of those guys. It's like like I feel like we've been saying like, oh, wait till the Blazers, you know, get Nurkic back. Like we've been saying that for like three or four seasons, bro. It's just like you know, at some point you are you know you are who you are, and you know, I'm Nurkic. Like you said, like he's just always hurt. You know, uh, you know, unreliable. And yeah, if you want to bring him back, yeah, you definitely you have to, you know, yeah, probably like eight, 10 million. That's, you know, that's real solid. But I feel like Portland can, you know, find a guy that does what Nurkic does, you know, that's younger and, and much cheaper. And if they, you know, if they just let him walk, or I mean, ideally they'd want to do a sign and trade just to get some asset back. But um, yeah, I, I would definitely, you know, just maybe move off Nurkic because I feel like, I feel like it's just, you know, time's up with him you know it's just you know it's like you know they've been patient with them but it's like you know if they really want to win now Nurkic is someone that you know doesn't really help you win now because he can't really stay on the floor so yeah anyone have anything to oppose to that I feel like Carson kind of hit that on the coffin yeah all right well then last question I want to talk about Portland uh 
they, they got a dude who's similarly like this, but he's just a couple years ahead of him on his career path. Justice Winslow compared to Nazir Little is how I, I think they got similar career paths. Nazir Little's going into the final year next season of his uh, rookie contract, uh, potentially looking for an extension. Uh, Jose, I'll ask you, is this a make or break season for Nazir Little? Because it seems like we've been waiting for this guy. Uh, I know Carson, huge guy in the uh, college basketball recruiting. He was a huge prospect coming out. I believe he was a top 10, five-star guy, McDonald's All-American, all that stuff. Um, What does it look like? Because, you know, he's a solid defensive player. I believe he has some ability to shoot the ball. Um, Like, is he going to be a guy that you want long-term in this team? Because he's probably going to command like 10 plus million a year. Yeah, in terms of Nazir Little's career, I think this is definitely a make-or-break season for him. As far as him staying on the Blazers long-term, I do not know. I think if Nazir Little is able to break this rotation, you know, and get reliable 15, 20 minutes a game, you know, and not be a liability, that's that's a plus for the Blazers. But I think Nazir Little probably wants a starting role at some point in his career. And I don't know if he's getting that with the Blazers. Yeah, not over Grant. Griffin? Yeah, I he he has to have a breakout year if he wants to stay with the Blazers. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we were just showing his stats on basketball reference. Like, they, it, they're all just middling. Like, nothing jumps out at you. His three-point shot is bad. And coming in, at least, I thought he was a three-and-deep sort of guy. And he hasn't really had much three. So, I think he needs to – he definitely needs to improve in that area and, like, just to – yeah. Because he should be like a Josh Hart caliber guy, like a wing that can yeah. rebound, shoot, defend. Like, that's what they want out of him. Mm-hmm. He's super athletic, yeah. too. I mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah he was. I remember athletic. seeing him on like a Jesser video like a long ass time ago. Like, <laughs> like 1v1 Jesser. <laughs> uh, shout out, shout out. But, um, Anything else? I think Portland would pretty much cover. Oh, one more thing. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't want to like derail the whole conversation, but like, at what what point can Dame run from the grind? Like, <laughs> it's just, thank you. Like, it's like, no, what's ass, the though. end goal here? Like, is it to be a six seed for the rest of your career? Yeah. Like, it's just like this this upcoming draft class has like generational talent in it, uh-huh. and I I think you just blow it up at this point, like. The Jeremy Grant trade to me is so confusing from a front office perspective. Like it feels like you were almost out of it. You were going to average like 17 and six. Yeah. Like you were <laughs> almost out of the woods with having Dame on your roster. Not that it's a bad thing, but like what, where do you go from here? Mm-hmm. Especially with an aging superstar like that. It's just like, I, I think it's time to blow it up. And it like, I don't know. I want to get your guys perspective. Yeah. But. He's not going to age like, like Chris Paul, like not trying to like, like seriously, Chris Paul aged perfectly. He's not like a guy that's like a playmaker. He's yeah. going to make everyone good around him. He's not, he's just going to be like a. And especially after this season, which he had like a major injury yeah. and he like, even before that he didn't look good. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Carson, I know I saw you talk, going about talk. Yeah. Yes. Um, I do. Yeah. I've been feeling this way. Like ever since like, you know, after like the bubble, like, you know, cause they, they got washed by the Lakers in the bubble. And I, I feel like that was like, you know, that should have been the wake up call. Like just blow it up from there because like you saw, you know, their team, they were kind of like, you know, maxed out. Like that was like as good as they were going to, you know, really be. And yeah, I feel like Portland, like I feel like Portland's like two, three years, like they're too late to, you know, the whole, they should have just blown it up a couple years, a couple years ago. And I feel like, you know, to answer your, kind of question like you know running from the grind I feel I think more players than we realize 
you know, they really, I feel like they, they might not care about winning as much. Like they really, they just here to hoop and, and get a bag and, you know, go from there. I feel like, like that's the only thing that can explain it for Dame. I'm like, if Dame really wants to win, like, I feel like he should have just, you know, you know, forced to trade a couple years ago. I know he doesn't want to be that guy, but I feel like that would have been so much better for Dame and, and his legacy. Cause I, you know, it seems like just a couple years ago, Dame was like a, you know, top 10, you know, top, like maybe like eight guy. Like he was like right there with yeah. all the big mega stars. And now I feel like, you know, he's like, you know, maybe even like outside, you know, 15, 20, just because, you know, yeah. Yeah, he got that really bad injury and he's, and, you know, the defense, you know, we've seen the playoffs, like, you know, defense, 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 he doesn't really bring any of that. And I feel like, you know, maybe, you know, his, his superstar, yeah, kind of Q rating has definitely gone down a little bit for sure since that. So I hope he does. I hope he, you know, gets on a team where he can, you know, show off all his, his, his great talents and be a winner. But I, I, I truly do, do hope that he runs for the grind. But I hope it's just not too late for him. Yeah, I also don't think, like, wh- what Blazer fan's going to be mad at him, yeah, like, finally asking, finally leaving. Like, he ge- he bled for this franchise. He gave everything to you guys. He was there exactly. until, like, the bitter end. Like, yeah, and the front exactly. office just couldn't, like, strike while the iron was hot and, like, surround Dame and CJ with, like, a like a championship-caliber team. It's like, who would blame him for that? Like, he would still get – I mean, he'd get his jersey retired for sure. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's, like – you there's no reason to stay yeah and i think even blazer fans that i've talked to have said like they just need to blow it up like i think there's there's one of two types of blazer fans there's the delusional <laughs> we're winning it all with jeremy grant and shade and sharp and then there's the yeah. we should have blown this up when we traded cj like yeah. this is too far gone and they're gonna run it out this season dane might get hurt again like, it's just going to be bad. His trade value is going to be doo-doo after the season. No, nah, so don't worry. Westbrook's going to get traded to the Blazers for Dame, and Kyrie's going to actually decline that player option and take the $6 because the Lakers fans know what Westbrook, THT, and a first. Who says no? No one says no. <laughs> no, one's ever said no. no one's ever said no to a THT trade offer, bro. I was talking to his Lakers fan, most delusional dude. They're so about. delusional. But hey, move like, no, we can't give up THC. We just can't. Right. <laughs> He's got uh, the potential. Yeah. On what was that one trade? What was that one trade? They said no because they wanted some Wait. It was like a, it was a, it was like before Ben Simmons got traded. I think it was for like, who was it for? Wait, oh, for it was James either for Harden. James Harden or or someone. It was for like James Harden or Katie or some shit. And like they threw in, they <laughs> oh, wanted Tyrese Maxey so bad. Yeah. Oh my god. All right, superstar well, THC. Moving on to a fan base that deserves to be delusional because this team's absolutely insane is the New Orleans Pelicans because uh, they got the Lakers pick here at pick number eight. They took one of my favorite prospects in the draft, Dyson Daniels from the G League night. I think he's going to be a stud out there. It should be a Lonzo Ball-esque guy, which is all they need. That's all they need out there. A guy that's like can defend, shoot a little bit of a three, and play make for them because they got a lot of guys that can do. Wait, it's almost like they could have had Lonzo Ball. Yeah, it's almost like they could have had him instead of <laughs> Temple. But uh, yeah, talk about the New Orleans Pelicans, though. They got uh, Dyson Daniels and EJ Liddell. EJ Liddell was a really solid scorer at Ohio State last year. But uh, looking at this roster, though, in terms of their guard rotation – Devontae Graham was kind of just a guy that just hasn't worked out for them so far and doesn't seem like he will work for them. 
Uh, he currently is on contract making about $12 million a year until the 2024-2025 season, where it's his last season before he's out. Uh, Carson, I got to ask you, is it essential that they move off of him because they got McCollum, they got Dyson Daniels, they got Jose Alvarado, Kira Lewis, all guys that need to get minutes at the point guard position. I feel like Devontae Graham is kind of the odd man out. What do you think? Yeah, I totally agree. I was I was looking at this on the dock and I was thinking, I'm like, I don't even really remember even seeing Graham in that series against the Suns. I was like, I just don't like he just didn't like come up in my head. I'm like, wait, was he even playing? And I think I, I totally agree. I think, you know, all the guys you mentioned, um, you know, definitely, you know, need the ball a little bit more. Um, and, you know, that that uh, opens up a little bit more points Zion. So I, I would love that, too. So I, I agree. I think uh, he's definitely I, I feel like we all kind of like Graham. You know, he's definitely, you know, had his fun moments on Charlotte. And it just, you know, I don't feel like it hasn't really worked out. And for, you know, 11 million, I think, you know, that's a lot for a guy that, you know, I, I, you know, just looking up and down this roster and, you know, projecting them next year. It's like, you know, where is, yeah, exactly. Where does he really fit in on you know, this team? So. Yeah. And then, um, yeah. You want to add anything? Cause I feel like it's not too much to talk about when it comes to Devonte Graham's contract. No. Yeah. So I'll, I'll start off with you then on this question. Um, they got a lot of guys that play the forward position for them, uh, you know, outside of, you know, Zion Williamson and Herb Jones and, Brandon Ingram, uh, some guys that are big depth guys for them. Now, EJ Liddell, Larry Nance, uh, Jackson Hayes, and Trey Murphy. How do you prioritize the minutes with these guys, which are guys you trust more? You know, Larry Nance, really bouncy guy, has some good defensive abilities. Uh, Trey Murphy showed a really good ability to shoot the ball, was excellent in college, coming out as a 3 and D prospect. And Jackson Hayes, who I don't know. I know Griffin is always irritated when he sees Jackson Hayes on the floor. But uh, <laughs> what, what do we think of the roster of, um, of young forwards that they have? Yeah, I think Jackson Hayes might be the odd one out here. I mean, he had a lot of potential coming in, but it just feels like he hasn't really put much together or really, you know, he developed so much as a player. <laughs> so so I, I think they give the other guys a go. Um <laughs> I mean, Liddell, Nance. You saw that picture of Zion looking ripped already. Mm. You know, the, the rumors. Yeah. yeah. So. Perfect. We'll just segue into that before I talk about Dyson Daniels. Griffin, is Zion worth the max? Yes. Zion is despite, worth the max. Despite his yeah. inability to be you could, yeah, but He's worth a max with, like, qualifiers that he has to, like, play a certain amount of games and okay. he gets his money. But I think he's, Bingo. he's 100% worth the max. But that's probably going to be a huge thing in the contract, like the yeah. guarantee. Yeah, no, you have to you have to give qualifiers. I don't I don't think uh-huh. that's at least like if he does. Yeah, no shirt No more po boys. No more go. You should vegan <laughs> diet. Carson, what do you think? Um. Yeah, I will. I I think worth the max from what we've seen, you know, so far with the tree. Uh, the injuries like definitely isn't, but I feel like if you're New Orleans, it's just like you, you like you have to offer it to him. Like this, you know, this guy, you know, not many, you know, guys like Zion, you know, walk into your franchise and you like, you know, have to lock him up. And you know, if it gets injured, it's you know, just something you gotta live with. But you know, when he was healthy, I mean, he he like Zion isn't a bust because like when he was healthy, I mean, he was an All Star in his second season. He was like 26 and like 
six or seven or however many rebounds on like insane shooting. So when he's healthy, you know, he is that guy. It's just, you know, the health, um, you know, I think they exactly like Griffin said, it, you know, was awesome point about the qualifiers for sure. Yeah, a major priority. But yeah, I think they I think they have to, especially with how good the rest of their team looks. It's like, you know, if you're getting, you know, 50, 60 games from Zion each year, the way he plays, like I think you gotta do it for sure. Yeah. You on that same wave, Jose? Yeah, I think six, I mean, even just 60, 70 games of Zion, put him on that load management. Mm-hmm. He's worth that, Max. I mean, it, it might be BI's team. For as of right now, but Zion, Zion's gonna have something to say about that. Yeah, yeah, they had a really good showing in the playoffs against the Suns, being able to take them back in many games. That was good. That was good to see from a team that had to make it through the playing tournament too. That wasn't even gonna make the playoffs without the tournament. Mm-hmm. But um, last question though, I want to talk about Griffin, my favorite guy from the draft, Dyson Daniels. Uh, how big a role are you comfortable in putting him in this position this season? Given that they have playoff aspirations, you don't know how much you're gonna get out of this guy. Like, are you? How like how comfortable the role you think to put him in? Um, I think like you know if they have like a nine or ten man rotation, he's somewhere nine or ten on the. He's getting minutes, not super valuable, and I think the coaching staff in New Orleans is one of the best in the league. Willie Green's a, an amazing coach, and uh, their developmental core, especially in their shooting coach, who taught really Lonzo how to shoot the ball again, shot the, shoot out the three. I think like they well, I think just getting some minutes here and there and like Mary be pairing his time with the G league and uh, and at the end of the bench, I think he'll continue to develop. I don't think that's pretty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Pretty good. Carson, Jose care to add. No. Nah. All right. Well then we'll move on to one of the teams that makes zero sense to me that they've made zero sense to me the last like three seasons, the San Antonio Spurs. Uh, they're just a mix of just, I don't know. I usually don't know how to they're they're not even mid, like they're bad. It just like doesn't make a lot of sense. Um hey hot take real quick. I feel like they have the least interesting roster in the NBA. Oh yeah, it's okay. so boring. They have no assets. And they have besides yeah. exactly. Dante Murray, I think there's zero reason to watch Spurs basketball. Yeah, it, it, yeah. I think Pop's got to go. No reason, no, no thing wrong with Pop. They just need more, they need something to spark this franchise up. I don't know what you guys think. I think that's exactly what they need. How many first rounders is Pop worth? <laughs> Literally. I don't think he's worth that much anymore. In complete honesty, I don't know if he's worth I that mean, much. I mean, didn't you didn't he like get the the win? Like the isn't he the most winning coach now? Yeah, but he's, he's also just retired yeah. then. Like, what's the point? Yeah. Was yeah. It? He's also been a very True. bad drafter these last couple yeah. of seasons. But uh, yeah. we can rip on Pop all we want. He's one of the all-time greats. Uh he's yeah, yeah. second best coach of all time. Phil Jackson's number one. Uh, but uh, in terms of San Antonio, Carson, they have way too many guards. Lonnie Walker, uh, former Miami Hurricane, is going to be a free agent this summer. Doesn't seem like a lot of sense for them to bring him up. But I'm going to read off all of the guards that they have on this roster at the moment. Going in the next season, they have DeJounte Murray. They have Josh Richardson. They have Devin Vassell. They have Joshua Primo. They have Romeo Langford. They have Trey Jones. And they just added... Um, Blake Wesley and they added uh, what's the freaking guard uh, Malachi Branham from Ohio. Okay. That's like eight guards on the roster. What do they do? Because we're going to talk about a Dejounte Murray trade I have in a second. But how do they go about this roster, Carson? 
Dude, I have no idea because it's like none like besides Murray, none of those guys have like to me have any interest or like any value at all, like as assets. And uh, you know, I, I don't even know if you could really do like a three or a four for one with them to get anything in return. It's just it, it's just so lackluster. And I think, you know, Murray, you know, Murray and, and maybe, um, Kelvin Johnson. Who's it got? Yeah. To me, like Murray, Kelvin Johnson, like two untouchables. And then me, I mean, I guess Vassell, but everyone else is just like, so like, so lackluster, so uninteresting. And I, I honestly don't even know. I, I mean, I feel like at least like two or three of those guys got to go down to the G league. I, I don't know, man. There's just a not a lot of promise, really, when I look at you know all eight of those guys. I mean, besides you know Murray, obviously. Yeah. yeah. And then Jose. Yeah, they just got a lot of question marks and a lot of guys that I think they were expecting to have flowered by now, like Lonnie Walker, and I mean they took Josh Primo last year. They like taking these like these like weird you know under the radar guys to think they're like quirky or something. But it just doesn't work. Like it just does not work. Yeah, they're um, like the they're like the Patriots of drafting. They think they're smarter than they are. Like they could just <laughs> literally. Guys. Literally, that's a great comparison. They think they're like they're cute. Like they're just too cute or something. It's like, bro. Yeah, I, I just don't know. They just have nothing interesting on this roster besides uh, the two guys you mentioned, Murray and Johnson. Yeah. Well, uh, that's gonna uh, take it into my next trade proposal. Griffin, I got to ask you, you know, DeJounte Murray, he was stirring up Twitter talking about trade proposals and the Hawks are linked to him. So we came up with this before we hopped on today. DeJounte Murray to the Hawks in exchange for expiring contract to Danilo Gallinari, Kevin Herter, Jalen Johnson, a 2023 first round pick via Charlotte and a 2025 first round pick via Hawks. Griffin, what do we think about this deal? I, th- I really like that we both put this together. I think you get an expiring with Danilo and you get two younger pieces that you can help build with, plus like a pretty valuable Hornets pick, we're assuming, because they don't even have a coach right now. Or RTB. Or they actually they do have a coach, but you know, it's a coach who they fired Steve already. Steve Clifford. Yeah, and then you get another pick. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a I think this is a fair trade. Like someone I don't remember who was talking about like Murray being kind of untouchable on this team, but like I feel like all these guys are just kind of like, eh, they're fine. So like you could, I think you could trade anybody on this team for the right, for the right offer just to like kickstart this rebuild. So yeah, I, I would do this. Mm-hmm. And Kevin Herter seems like he'd get moved immediately, but Carson, I'll go back around the loop. What do you think about this? Um, I feel like I like like 90% uh, of this trade because I like, um, you know, Atlanta, you know, not, not give, having to give up too much. I mean, you know, Herders, uh, I, I think, you know, the, the biggest guy to go, it'd be tough letting him go just because, you know, he's a really solid rotation piece for them. But Jalen Johnson, you know, he's a project. And I feel like Atlanta, uh, you know, they want they want to win now. They want to get back to the Eastern Conference Finals. And he's someone that, you know, is, is really fit in their timeline. You know, Gallinari's on an expiring. You know, and, you know I, I like that they're not giving up too much to get Murray. And with Murray, I think, to me, I'm not sure with the fit too much because one, I really like, you know, him, you know, he's a great defender and I like, you know, him kind of picking up the slack for Trey, but then also I feel like they both need the ball and they both work. So they're so great with the ball in their hands. So it's like, to me, it's like, can Trey Young accept more of an off ball role, you know, a sideburn. I think if he can, because I, I, I know, you know, I feel like we all understand he can because he's such a great shooter. 
Um, if he's willing to do that and play a little bit more off ball and just, you know, you know, kind of take a break sometimes because his, his usage rate is crazy. So I feel like, you know, hopefully Trey Young would be like, yeah, sure. Like, you know, I don't have to be as tired, you know, having to create plays all the time. Um, I think if he can accept that, I think this could really, really work. And he'd be a, a great backcourt back partner for him just because of, of, you know, the elite defense that he brings. Yeah. Jose, what do we think about this? Agreed. You're right. Agreed. Trey Young's one of the best playmakers in the league. So you don't want the ball out of his hands, but mm -hmm. continue. Yeah. Um, I think that would also kind of be like his, I guess, I don't know if I want to call it, you know, his next step in, you know, NBA adulthood, kind of like Curry, you know, when KD came over, it's just like, okay, I'm going to have to play alongside another star. You know, I'm not going to have the ball all the time, but I think that at the same time, elevated curry to a whole another level after that mm -hmm. <laughs> but i think the hard thing is i feel like the spurs are going to be prying for a guy like aj griffin instead of kevin herter because aj griffin would make more sense for them to get a three and d guy who you know guarding kevin herter is valuable as he is is he really valuable to this spurs team do they value him above all those other guards they have they should because i don't think those other guards make much sense for them because kevin herter has shown the ability yeah. for he's also a sec a decent secondary ball handler and the value in having an expiring contract in general is good for them because they'd be on pace to have like 60 million dollars in cap the following season but who's going to go to san antonio not many people but I, I can I throw a, a wrench in this real quick i think if i'm san antonio um you know herter would be great but i think if I'm, if I'm them, I definitely really, really want a Kongu in this trade. Yep. Mm -hmm. But for, for Atlanta, I'm like, ooh, like that'd be tough because I, I think they really like a Kongu. Like he showed a lot of promise. I don't think they really want to do that. Um, but I think if you're the Spurs, you've got to ask for him for sure. No, we went back and forth on this, Griffin and I did. I just thought that the thing is they're trying to have been moving Capella this entire time. And the move Compella is to open the spot for Unconquo because they love what they saw from him when he was starting during that stretch. You know, I went to a game and I saw how well the connection was between Young and Unconquo. I think he had finished like 16 points. And yeah, this Aussie is still a huge player. He could he could be involved in this deal, but I've heard that his involvement could be in another trade package. So we don't entirely know. Um, but yeah, Unconquo would definitely be a guy they want with uh, Jacob Perto being a free agent that next following summer. And they need a big man. They haven't had a they haven't really had a big man since Lamarcus Aldridge was an all-star back in the uh early 2010s, which yeah. Cause um, but no, we'll move on in terms of the rest of the Spurs uh stuff to talk about. Um yeah, so DeAndre Aiden has been a, a, a talked about piece for this team, potentially Jakob Pertle and you know, a guy like Vassell being traded to the uh Suns for DeAndre Aiden. Jose, I'll ask you, what is, how do you think that makes sense with the Spurs? Do you think Aiden's the guy that they're looking for? Do you think that's a little bit too soon to get a guy like Aiden and pay him that kind of money? Uh, what are your thoughts? Yeah, it does feel a little soon to commit to a guy like Aiden, you know, paying a guy like that when you're really, you know, the rest of your roster really isn't, you know, ready to do anything. Mm -hmm. um, so I think you would probably – pass on Aiden you know this offseason and also that I would hate that for Aiden because that's probably I mean that's just so boring mm. but yeah I, I would pass on Aiden if I was the Spurs to be honest look look elsewhere probably move Pirtle uh, just 
move move somewhere else. Hey, shout out Portal though. The greatest competition <laughs> in our damn group chat. Living <laughs> shit out of this man. This man will guess Gary Payton the second, the first player, and he'll hit it. But whatever, Jose, <laughs> we gotta do a video on that. Griffin, I mean, DeAndre yeah. would be learning from one of the best coaches of all time who coached two of the best big men to ever play the sport. Uh, what are your thoughts on the eight and the Spurs move? I mean, you guys I, getting hurdle and Vassell? Yeah, I, I mean, I hate that haul for the Suns. <laughs> it's that's horrible. That's a step back. But for the Spurs perspective, I agree. It complete. It doesn't really fit their timeline. But also, like when I close my eyes and think of the vibe in San Antonio, it's like a finesse big man who like doesn't like to dunk the ball, just has to <laughs> lay the ball up. And when you know the guy that comes to mind to me for that is Aiden, who just like is allergic to dunking. So I think that like it wouldn't be the worst fit, especially like learning from Pop. And like I think because of how bare on the roster is. Aiton's like talked a lot about with like Suns media that he's wanted to play power forward a lot. He's really wanted to do that. He wants to show off his offensive bag, like from three, which I think is just crazy, but like, you know, they have nothing going on. So like, fuck it. Why not? Um, So, yeah, I mean, from a Spurs perspective, I think you could talk me into it or talk me out of it, but from a Suns perspective, sign and trade, like, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's disgusting. I hate that, but whatever. Yeah. I mean, he's leaving anyway. So, mm-hmm. and Carson, anything to add before we move on? Because I, I don't want to talk about this team anymore. It just pisses me off. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll keep it quick. Um, Aiden, yeah, it definitely be my least favorite Aiden destination. Um, but I think, you know, getting to the last point you got in the document, I think getting Aiden, that would you finally have a clear direction. I feel like with Aiden, you know, you build around him, Murray, Johnson, and then, you know, maybe Vassell, he's like, you know, not untouchable, but he's definitely, you know, definitely showed some promise. And then you just roll with those four, those four and whoever else. And then now you kind of have a, a young, youthful direction. And I think, uh, you know, that would be, you know, so that at least it'd be a direction for the Spurs, which they haven't had one, you know, in what, like three seasons, three, four seasons. Yeah. So, uh-huh. yeah, let me reiterate, this would definitely be my my least favorite eight destination for sure. I, to honestly, if he went to the Spurs, I, we'd all forget about him. Like, oh, yeah, the guy that was starting in the finals for the Suns, and now it's like we don't even talk about him anymore. Yeah, He may need that, though. That's the thing. He might just need to step in a place sort of focus on basketball. But we'll move on yeah. to talk about the great, the great value, the Walmart, the Kirkland Trailblazers, a.k.a. the Washington <laughs> Because yeah. I, I, this team makes zero sense to me. My, my first trade point is just trade Beal. Like, y'all ain't doing shit with him. Like apparently he's signing the supermax. That man, yeah, he's signing the supermax and then leaving it like a, a summer later. No, he's not, he's not even gonna leave. Them. He's gonna stay there forever. He's That's just a crazy. bag chaser. That's all he's about. <laughs> like man's yeah. got nothing else to do but chase a bag. I mean, <laughs> to each his own though. Like, like he's never gonna run the grind. Like him and Jamie yeah, so- team up, bro. Put those two <laughs> together. Some people just want to make their millions and have no pressure of you know being in, in big time games and you know sometimes mm-hmm. it's cool. It's all right. And him and just miss it at school. Him and Dame are gonna have enough money to be the owner with uh, LeBron James in Las Vegas, so don't worry. But uh, <laughs> let's dig into this team, though. Um, I, I got a trade to talk about in a minute, but I want to hold off for a second. Uh, one of the most interesting four rotations in the league, Carson. They got my least favorite player. So actually, no longer. Uh, he's gone in the irrelevancy rel- with Kyle Kuzma. He had a solid year last year, though. I'll give him props. Uh, Kuzma, yeah. Hachimura. 
uh, Denny, I'm not going to butcher his last name, and uh, Corey Kispert, all guys that can kind of play forward position for them three and four. Uh, what's it look like for them? Because is Kuzma a guy you think is going to stay long-term? Is Hachimura a guy you think is worth getting a contract extension? Uh, Denny have had really good defensive abilities last season. And Corey Kispert, we haven't really seen enough of him because we, we saw a decent a couple of decent outings from him last year. But uh, the Gonzaga guy hasn't really shown, you know, to really step in and be that uh, main like three and D guy on that roster. What do we think about this Washington four rotation, Carson? Yeah, Washington. Yeah, it's, it's they're just so frustrating and they're just so it's just like ugh, like the Wizards. Like you know they've gotten the you know they almost got to a conference finals one time a couple of years ago. And that was like the best moment they've had in like forty years. Kuzma, yeah, I think Kuzma's, you know, he's gone, you know, he, you know, he's too much of a hype beast to want to stay in Washington, you know, the Siberia of the NBA, he wants to get somewhere relevant again, Rui, I don't really like Rui that much, he's really slow, he's not a good shooter, I, I, I don't know, I, I, I kind of, I'm definitely out on Rui, I liked him coming out of Gonzaga, but I think, you know, I'm off his island, you know, Denny, honestly, you know, you know, Denny's not too bad, he showed a lot of, you know, solid secondary playmaking promise, He's not bad. I, I definitely roll with him just because he's young. And then Kispert, you know, he's someone, um, you know, he's just, you know, a solid guy to have, you know, you know, great shooter, you know, solid defender. But it's like, where does he even really fit in the Wizards? Well, no one even fits in the Wizards. They don't have a direction. Like, they, they, they right. don't even know what they want to do. Like, no, like have no direction. Um, so that's, like, I don't know what their direction is, so I'm not even going to say how each of these players fit into that. Like, I'm just kind of giving my opinions on them. And I definitely think out of the four guys, Kuzma and Denny, I'd want to keep them. But I don't really think Kuzma probably – he probably doesn't even want to stay, so. Yeah. Uh, I'm not trying to judge you. I thought you were true when you said this, but I thought so too. Ryu Hachimura shot 45% from three last year on only three attempts. Really? Yeah. Three attempts. Oh, like, no still, way. But still, I, I was like, what? This no. man shot. Hey, my bad, Rui, my bad. No, but he's he's been a he's been a bad shooter most of his career though, and he's still not a great mid range shooter. He's not, yeah, he's slow. He's like he's slow mo. He's basically worse Kyle Anderson who can't handle the ball. That's essentially what he is. But um, Jose, we'll move on talk about um, KCP and Porzingis. What sense does Porzingis make on this team? It makes a makes not no. much. It's like no. what supposed to be the next a better marching Gortat for them that can shoot threes. Like I don't know. Yeah, I really hope Porzingis is gone because there's so many teams, playoff teams that could use a guy like this. I mean, it's just please get him off this Wizards team, man. This is so bad. Like, I'm looking at their depth chart right here, and it's just like gross. Like, why do they have this many forwards? Uh, like, uh, Porzingis, yeah. Porzingis is definitely an odd man out. Like you said, Kuzma's also on his way out. He's he, he does not want to play in fucking Washington. Yeah. But hey, but yeah. props to him for really having a good year, you know, up in his value. For yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Well, I, we talked about Hachimura. Uh, Johnny Davis, though, went 10th overall in this draft. Pretty, sol- a pretty solid scorer at Wisconsin, but he's kind of like a Bradley Beal type. So, boom, we're making a trade here. Uh, I was holding off on this because it's involving the Pelicans. Blockbuster Ooh. trade here. CJ McCollum, Jackson Hayes, Kira Lewis, Trey Murphy in a first rounder from the uh, Milwaukee Bucks. In Pelicans receiving Bradley Beal and Rio Hachimura. 
they get that really solid third star to make a big three out there in New Orleans. Hachimura can play some solid bench roll minutes for them. Uh, Washington, they get a first-round pick from Milwaukee, which probably still could be in that 20s range by then. Jackson Hayes can be uh, that really good center for them. Kira Lewis can, you know, be the point guard so that Johnny Davis can play the two for them. And, you know, maybe CJ moves on to another team from this trade just for cap reasons. Uh, and then, you know, Trey Murphy, a solid three and D defender. I want to know what you guys think of this because Griffin and I drafted this up uh, just before we started the pod as well. Uh, Carson, I know you got some, you made some uh, oohs and ahs. So I want to know what you think of this trade. Yeah, I just love like the blockbuster aspect of it. And I think the Pelicans are so interesting because my first, you know, when you mentioned the big three of Beal, Ingram and, and Zion, my, my initial reaction was like, you know, how is that going to work? Because, you know, obviously all three are great, great scores, but none of them are really plus defenders. But then I'm like, wait a second, like everybody else on their team plays great defense. So it's kind of perfect. Like, you know, three, the three elite scores, and then everyone else around them, you know, like fills in the gap, you know, the Herb Jones, whatever. Um, I, I do really like this trade. And, and another little thing that I had, I'm like, I'm like, ah, that's tough giving up Trey Murphy. I, I'm a huge Trey Murphy <laughs> guy. I have a ton of Trey Murphy stock. And I'm like, ah, damn, I got to give him up. Um, but it doesn't matter because you're getting Bradley Beal. And yeah, that big three, I mean, Beal, Ingram, professional scores. Um, and then Zion in that too, that would be, that would be super fun. And then now it's like, yeah, now we're, we're really talking. And I think, you know, Beal, you know, I don't know how much, you know, he's definitely an upgrade from McCollum. I'm not really sure how much, but he's younger. And I think that helps a lot, you know, just considering Ingram and Zion's age. So I'm here for this, man. I'm, I'm, I'm all for it. Besides Trey Murphy leaving and, and that's tough. He's got to go to Siberia, but. They got Liddell, so like I thought, like they at least had that going for them. <laughs> oh, I'm just kidding, but I, I oh, love this. I love this trade. Jose, what do we think? Wait a second. Is Bradley Beal younger than CJ McCollum? He might be. They might be the same. Is that, age, wait, actually. but is that what you just said though? That's He's crazy. Like so CJ McCollum. Oh, he is technically. Uh, McCollum's thirty and Beal's twenty-nine. But oh shit. Yeah, the, uh, I, I would. I thought it was a little bit bigger of a difference. That's not too bad, actually. Yeah, it's not that bad. But, yeah, I mean, this would be insane for the Pelicans. I definitely think this puts them into, you know, top top four contention, you know, pushing for the Western Conference Finals and, you know, potentially the Finals. This is – this would be a huge get for them, for mm-hmm. sure. Because you get a guy who's been – like, he's, he's had some playoff experience in Bradley Beal. You know, he's a guy who can get you a bucket of Ingram isn't succeeding on the wing. Then let's say they – before Dyson Daniels develops, they have Jose Alvarado, who's going to be the most annoying defender to deal with. You know, you still got uh, Jonas Valanciunas, who's solid. But, if you know, you want to move some things around. You can put Zion at the five, B.I. at the four, Herb Jones at the three, Beal at the two, and Alvarado at the one. They're in a small lineup. I feel like that's kind of dangerous. Griffin, what do you think? Yeah, I cool. think just I think Trey Murphy had to be included just because I don't know if the Wizards would say yes to this uh-huh. uh, if you weren't getting – like a solid prospect mm-hmm. back. Uh, but yeah, I kind of, I really, we both put this together. I really loved it. Cause I thought watching the Pelicans last year, I felt like they could do a little better than CJ McCollum. Like he's a, maybe an 18 point game per score, you know, mm-hmm. and Brad, Brad. Beal, yeah, plus, yeah. Yeah. He just ups that scoring and then you're getting, you're still keeping that defensive intensity while, you know, the Wizards are getting back some pieces that they can start to rebuild with. So, yeah, I really love this trade for them. And I I hope they I, – I think this would be good for both teams. Yeah. 
Yeah, agreed. And, That'd be super. Wait, can you can you read off that lineup that you just said real quick though? So the small ball lineup would be Zion at the five, Brandon Ingram at the four, uh, Herb Jones at the three, Bradley Beal at the two, and Jose Alvarado at the one. Or you eventually have Jackson Daniels be the seceder to Alvarado there. Yeah. Yeah, that's scary. I mean, yeah, like you just reading that off of my eesh. That is a really tough small ball lineup. Yeah. Hold up. I want to read like what the rest of the rot. So you'd have, let's say Dyson Daniels is off the bench with uh still have like Larry Nance. You still have Larry Nance, you'd have uh ooh, uh Devontae Graham, what I guess would be here in this situation. Um hold up, I want to pull the roster up real quick. Uh, have a nice change of pace with like Nance and uh Garrett, like and Garrett, Garrett Temple, uh EJ Liddell, Larry Nance, Bo Cruz's brother, uh yeah, Hernan Gomez. Um, <laughs> yeah, Najee Marshall was solid for them at the three. Uh, yeah, it's a solid lineup, and I feel like there's going to be guys that want to go to New Orleans. It's a big enough market, and Zion's is kind of that guy that gravitates to people where they could get some solid guys off the bench, you know, like a Danny Green kind of guy like that play for them. I feel like it'd be a solid – I think it'd be – I could see them make a Mavs, Maverick-type run into the Western Conference Finals, but a Mavericks team with more depth, you know. They'll lose Jalen Brunson to the Knicks, but well, that's another video. <laughs> that's next video. <laughs> but nah, uh, any other points we want to talk about? Any other teams before we move on and uh, call it an episode? <laughs> I think uh, we're good. I think we're good, man. Um, yeah. I'm excited for the next teams to come, though. I'm yeah. glad we got the, the Blazers and the Wizards out of the way, though. Nah. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Hold up. The next teams that we got, just to preview it. Hold up. Let's pull that up. So I know we had the Knicks were supposed uh, to pick 11 in that draft. Then we have Cleveland. Then we have the Hornets. Then we have um, mm. ooh, Hornets. the Hawks. And then we have uh, the Rockets coming up as well. And the Bulls. Oh, uh, We'll know a lot about the Bulls. Uh, maybe we'll see when we get this episode, this next episode in. But for the teams who don't have first round picks, are you just doing them last? Like the Yeah, Lakers we'll like move it around okay. like that. Yeah. So. Interesting, interesting stuff going on there. We'll have to see. But without further ado, appreciate you guys. Everyone back together for this episode. Love seeing it. Uh, who sees what next? Because we got free agency coming up. Um, and hey, before you know it. Starts Thursday. It's mm-hmm. crazy. Katie yeah. will be a son the next time we do yeah. a podcast. Is Miles Bridges <laughs> going to be a piston? We already know that's in, in the works. Uh, who else is going to make a splash move? Everybody watch oh, John Andre Ayton to Brooklyn odds. Watch those closely because they drop today. And Mo Bamba is going to go somewhere, and Shaq West better drop another Mo Bamba part two. We'll all see. <laughs> oh. Without further ado, appreciate you guys. Coast Coast Podcast. Sign out. Peace. Peace.